Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I'll bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash tbpodcast for your free audiobook download. Yeah. Okay, are you ready to start? I'm ready. Everyone sign? Yes. Good. On we go. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast with Catherine Brandt. I met the missus at paintball. Shot her in the neck. Alex Brandt Bernard. Andy Brandt Bernard. Are are you my daddy? Tony Lee. What's the matter with you people? I was joking! (laughs) And Sean Bernard. Look at that boyish face. I'm gonna fucking lose my mind! Spy music. <laughs> it is kind happy. of spy music. Lounge music. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment, providing digital versions of tens of thousands of audiobooks for download to your computer, smartphone, and MP3 player. Listen whenever and wherever you want to listen, just like the podcast you're listening to right now. Audible has over 100,000 titles to choose from. Every genre, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash tbpodcast. The books I am recommending are Vince Flynn's Kill Shot, Harlan Coben, Caught, one of the best books ever, Dennis Lehane, A Drink Before the War, Malcolm Gladwell, Outliers, and F. Scott Fitzgerald, my favorite book of all time, F. Scott Fitzgerald, The Great Gatsby. AudiblePodcast.com slash TV podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our very special guest, Kristen Burt. How are you doing, Kristen? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. you got a big weekend coming up, don't you? I have a huge weekend coming up. It's uh, the Emmys, which is kind of a nice kickoff not only to the new television season, but it also honors last season. It does indeed. So how, how hammered do you plan on getting? Be honest. <laughs> because I have to work, that glass of champagne does not enter my hand probably until later on in the evening. Now, do you do it? Do, because I, I, you know, I have some friends uh, in, in Los Angeles and Hollywood, and there are how he many? one, one friend. Sorry. One. <laughs> really in the know. Yeah, I, think, I think maybe more than that. Sometimes I travel to L.A. <laughs> Kristen Burt is an IAWTV award-winning host, new media producer, pop culture writer. She began hosting her hosting career with a children's dance video teaching the world how to electric slide. No Alex. big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> and hokey pokey. <laughs> Which is very sweet. What would the world be like without those dances? Since then, she's moved on to more serious ventures with the pilot episodes of The Arena with Jesse Ventura, Minnesota's own former governor, uh, on MSNBC, host uh, reporter stints with QVC, Shop NBC, and PAX. Now you've done... I could go on and on. This is a busy beat. Yeah, this will take up the entire interview if I read all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's a, <laughs> you can stop. It's fine. <laughs> well, you, so you think you can dance, though, because Alex will want to talk to you about that. Alex is a big dancer. Uh, you co-host the So You Think You Could Dance recap show. Which for... was last night. Last night was the finale. Maria is a very nice person to work with, isn't she? Maria Menounos is incredible. She is. I love working for her. She is so generous and kind. And, you know, I, I, it's, she's amazing. She's really, really amazing. She Don't isn't... tell me who won because I didn't watch it I yet. I know. We haven't watched it. Uh-oh. I know. I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm all a Twitter. You're all a Twitter? <laughs> Well, that's a Don't, don't look at Twitter, Twitter if you don't know. Yeah. Uh, I know. It was already the finale. Last night was the finale, um, oh, and we had choreographer Spencer Liff on our show. Oh, I um, love him. So he went from the, the taping of the East Coast feed and then ran to our studio, uh, and when he walked in the door, I'm like, don't tell me who won, because we're watching it here on the West Coast. So, oh, That's a great show. I love it that show so much. Show. Except that I can't dance, so I don't even think I can dance. So I'm left it's out good, of the It's cold. good that you don't think you can because you can't. <laughs> oh, did you hear that, Kristen? My own daughter takes a shot at me and said, don't think you can. He's got two, like, Frankenstein dance moves. They're <laughs> very entertaining for parties. And he has to drink a lot before he'll even do that. <laughs> yes, that's true. I have to drink a lot of red wine and then I'll dance like Frankenstein. It's just a, 
it's a wonderful a, vision. It's a party. What are the key demographics on that show? Is it mostly w- women that try to drag their husbands in and watch it? Or? Um, so you think you can dance? Yeah. We actually always um, sort of think it's it's teen girls. You, most of the demographic mm-hmm. really is kind of under 18. Um, and that's why sometimes the really cute boys make it all the way through, even if they're not the best dancers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we were just, it happens on American Idol, too. Well, we were just talking about that. Uh, I, I host a... Uh, morning radio show here called KQRS have been on the show for 27 years we were talking we went ran down the top 10 shows of the week uh, for network television uh, this morning and teen girls and 20 year old boys dominate the ratings because it's either The Voice The X Factor American Idol so you think you can dance or football football and football <laughs> it's unbelievable Welcome to fall. I mean, isn't it amazing? <laughs> but it really does dictate what's on the air. And when you think there's so many competition shows, can there be any more? Well, clearly the top ten ratings are showing you that they can all coexist together. Right. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, so, Emmy, we can, I think Jimmy Kimmel was a good choice. you agree with that? I think he's a fantastic choice. To me, um, right now, the two best late-night hosts really are Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. Um, yeah, they're I doing agree. a lot of stuff yeah. in new media and the Internet. They draw a younger demographic. What they do, uh, comedian-wise, is fresh, it's young, uh, it's funny. And I think he's going to be a great host for the Emmys this Sunday. Oh, that, so too. Yeah, absolutely. He says he's got, and obviously you can't tell us this because hopefully he didn't tell you, but Jimmy says he's going to pull off the best prank in the history of the world during the Emmys. I read that, and I'm really curious as to what it is, um, but I think it'll be good because he, he's done some really funny things on his show, so why not do it at the Emmys? Yeah, no, absolutely. No question about it. So your, your duties during the Emmy, what, so what will you be doing? I This year, I get to cover the after parties. Um, See, so I, I told will be, you. On Saturday, <laughs> I, get, I get the fun stuff. This is actually really good. Um Saturday, I will be covering the NBC party, so it's actually a pre-party. I will also be backstage at the Emmys covering the gifting suite. This is the official gifting suite where rich celebrities get more free stuff to add to their portfolio. <laughs> do you get they, one? They do, you, need it. do you get a swag bag? I usually do get a swag bag. So Ooh. my mom's always like, what did you get? Send it to me. <laughs> okay, you'll have to report on what you got in your bag. They're always super fun. It's like, there, I don't need any of this stuff. stuff. Why do I have this? Yeah, you know, you get watches and um, vacations and clothing. Your swag it's bags are better than any that I've ever received. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about well, get a Rolls Royce. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you get a Rolls I, Royce. It's wonderful. Yeah, all this I stuff haven't in gotten Minneapolis. a free car. I have gotten use of a free car. That's it. Well, that's good Jeez enough, though, Louise. isn't it? Yeah, I don't have to put the mileage on my own car. Um, and then Sunday night on the actual Emmy's Day, I will be covering the HBO After Party. Oh, the HBO after party. That should be yeah. pretty good. Can you float from party to party? Do you pretty much have access anywhere you want to go? Um, you know, it, it, it depends on uh, the event. Um, Oscar night's probably one that's really hard to go from event to event. But on Emmys, because everything's sort of located in the same area downtown, um, even if you're not on the invite list, you usually have a friend that's there. So you can kind of party hop and make it all happen. Oh, that's good. So it's like a fun job. It's a very fun job. No complaints. Once my job is over at the HBO party, I will try and make it to a few other parties um, in and around the area. How did you get into all of this? Well, um, like my bio said, I um, I was actually a musical theater performer in New York City, and I got hired to host a children's dance video alongside Shania Twain's violinist. The two of us hosted this video, um, which is absolutely absurd. It's still out there like on VHS. That's how old it is. <laughs> But it wound up doing very well, um, and I wound up getting a lot of other hosting jobs out of it. And um, I really enjoyed what I was doing, and while I loved performing and dancing in shows, I was making more money in one day than I was making in a two-week equity contract. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. thought, there has to be something to this. Um, so my enthusiasm was there, but um, my work was pretty raw on camera, so I went and got some training in New York City. And um, got a lot better at my job. Um, and wound up going west. My agent was like, you're going to work a lot more on the West Coast just because of your look. And because um, in New York City, he's like, you need to be a little bit more urban, edgy, or ethnic, and you're none of those. So he said, go west, my friend, and I haven't looked back. 
Well, that's a good. That's very, very good. Um, I don't want to put a lot of pressure on you here, but I mean, we, you enter into these the the Emmy weekend. What are your favorite TV shows? I mean, what, what are the shows you're pulling for to win the uh, the big Emmys this year? There are two really tough categories in both comedy and drama this year. I, as the drama category is just stacked with you know Downton Abbey, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Mm. My personal favorite show is um, Mad Men. I don't think this is their year for them to win again, um, just no. because they had an 18-month hiatus. Um, but I do think that it's PBS's year, and Downton Abbey's going to win. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, they had um, some of the top nominations of any show, and I, you know, people love the show, and I think it's going to sort of shake things up, and we're going to see PBS take the best drama category. That's my prediction. It is very difficult to beat Brian Cranston as an all-around comedic and serious actor. What a tremendous actor he is. He's the greatest. That show is fantastic. He's fantastic. And I love that he's been able to really show his range um, as an actor because we saw him for years in Malcolm in the Middle. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, now we see him in Breaking Bad, just totally stretching himself in the other direction. Um, but if you've seen him in the movies, he did a great role in the movie Drive last year. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his talent is tremendous. Um, and we'll see if he, he wins uh, in the Best Actor category because he's been tough to beat. But um, comedy, comedy is where I'm thinking uh, this is going to be free and clear. This, this one's Modern Family again this oh, year. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It well, is, some other good ones. I just don't think anyone's going to beat them. Big Bang Theory is another wonderful show, no question. New Girl is a great show. There, there are a lot of a lot of good comedies that have emerged in the last few years, but Modern Family has something that no other show has. I mean, it, it, it they took the chance. I mean, the new normal's out, and I'm not really all that impressed with the new normal. Uh, modern Family took the chance of saying, "Look, this." kind of is the new normal a modern family and i like the title modern family better than new normal too but the the putting the cast together was incredible they did a wonderful job uh modern family even though i adore i really love big bang theory uh, i gotta agree with you that modern family is just it's it's unbeatable it really is. You can't create a cast like that. I mean, that's chemistry and that's talent and that's excellent writing all together. Um, and when when you bottle that, my goodness, it really is magic. And that's what you're seeing with that show. Again, Big Bang Theory, as you said, it's, it's a great show. I don't think it's going to win. I just don't think anyone can, can beat Modern Family right at this point. But it is interesting to see um, where we have the new normal and Modern Family, uh, you know, two shows that try are trying to show all different types of families and their different approaches to it. I think the new normal bangs you over the head with um, yes. messages and lessons a little bit more than Modern Family, which is just more day-to-day escapades. Yeah, Modern Family has a sense of humor about itself. When the fellas thought they were going to get their uh, get Lily into a special school, oh, and they got God. beat out by a black woman in a wheelchair. <laughs> that was so funny! I thought I was going to die when they did that. I was like, "What are they doing? <laughs> you can't do that." See, and I just well, you never know what life's going to bring. <laughs> and Alan Barkin is kind of. Uh, Shot herself in the foot yeah, with her she has. recent Twitter stuff. Oh yeah, so yeah, you know, and that's a tough one. And and I do think um, I was talking about the new normal just yesterday too. And uh, you know, it's one of those things that I think it being an election year and, and the gay marriage topic comes back in into play even more in an election year. I do feel like we're getting a lot of those messages within the show, which isn't necessarily bad, but. You know, then politics plays in when a certain station chooses to air or not air it, um, and it's kind of, it kind of convolutes the whole idea of the series, you know, because you, you throw in too much politics sometimes. Right. I get so sick of it when a show gets popular and then they just turn political because, like, oh, now we have a voice and so now we can be political. Yeah. You know, yeah, that- because we all have different beliefs and we're, we're everyone's on eight million sides of the fence. So <laughs> it's one of those things. It's I, I'm, I want my entertainment to be entertainment. I want my politics to, to be politics. And I want my religion to be religion and not. Amen, sister. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. One hundred percent. I noticed. I noticed the producer uh, of Game of Thrones has done that now. He wants everyone to know what his political beliefs are. It's just, would you shut up? We're trying to enjoy the show. Just be quiet. I don't want to hear about your politics. Let's all. And, and you're right. It's on all sides. Uh, it doesn't matter what your political leanings are. I, I just don't want to hear about it. I, I'm having a good time watching your show. 
Peter Dinklage is incredible, and you had the balls to cast him uh, in that role. And it just it worked very well. But be quiet because I'm not liking you right now. <laughs> you know, right, right, it, yeah. And we are. It's 2012. It's a heated election. Everyone has a voice, and and it, it is that's what happens when people get a little bit of power, um, a little bit of say in the industry. They're like, this is what you need to hear. <laughs> you know, Chris, we are focusing on, on on the Emmys that coming up this week and all that. But I personally, I, I wanted to ask you. In my, in my opinion, we'll just I know we're about six months away from Oscar season, but yeah. it seems to me that politics has destroyed movie going. Television, in my opinion, television is so much better than the theatrical releases now. It's incredible. I actually agree with you. I, I think it's so funny because, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we would be saying, you know, a movie actor will never do television because mm-hmm. it's just embarrassing. And now I think some of the best quality work is coming out of um, television. And, and I think a lot of the cable channels really changed the, the game because you had HBO and Showtime and and AMC and all these other networks saying, we're going to get into scripted television, we're going to make it really good. So they set the bar, and all of a sudden the three big networks had to, or not four big networks, but they really had to step up. Um, and rise to the challenge. And I think you're seeing tons of film actors, like quality ones, Glenn Close. Mm-hmm. You know, you see Kira Sedgwick. You see all these people that are easily making the transition into television and doing incredible work. Steady work, too. Yeah, we well, just haven't seen the same um, in film scripts lately, which is a shame. Well, we just have Robin Williams is coming back to TV. That that shocked me. Really? Yeah, work, too. It, it is a sitcom, I believe. Uh, Kristen, you know anything about that? Robin Williams returning back to television? No, I haven't even heard that. So that's exciting because, um, I mean, I remember him as Mork. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, I just, it, it seems to me that uh, there are several movies that I've wanted to see. There's a movie coming out called Looper that looks pretty interesting. Oh, yeah, I want to see that. The Master, I really want to see that with Philip and Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. I just wrote about the Master because I do think it's the one that's really launching this Oscar season. Uh, it's Paul Thomas Anderson. It was at the Toronto Film Festival and the Venice Film Festival. Um, I, I feel like this has been the summer of Scientology, just with the Katie and Tom Cruise news right. um, and the Vanity Fair article that just came out, and now the Master, which. You know, depending on who you talk to, it is about Scientology or it's not about Scientology, but it's going to get some people in those seats to watch it because it is about a captivating cult leader uh, that's rumored to be based upon L. Ron Hubbard. Did you ever have to audition to be Tom Cruise's wife? Believe it or not, no. Very good. Believe it or not, I know you guys are shocked. <laughs> but um, you know, it is interesting because with the Vanity Fair article that that came out in this month's uh, issue, this is old news, at least in Los Angeles. I mean, we heard these rumors back uh, when Katie sort of popped up as Tom Cruise's girlfriend. Um, and, and the Scarlett Johansson being auditioned to be his, his next wife or girlfriend, that, that story I've heard over and over. And Scarlett Johansson, and the articles are no longer on the Internet, which I kind of think is interesting, but she did confirm that she went to a meeting that was very uncomfortable uh, with Scientology leaders and Tom Cruise when she thought it was an audition for Mission Impossible. Right. Hmm. It, yeah. It's interesting. Hmm. We'll never know. I mean, this the religion is very, very secretive. They're very protective. Um, I mean, and I do. They do feel like they're being attacked. I know that. <laughs> and you know, they, they've come out swinging with an eight-page response to the Vanity Fair article, but they haven't sued. And in the past, they always used to sue. And I think that they realize that their intense power that they had years ago um, has subsided a bit. Yeah, you know, for a while, I would imagine that if you were going to Hollywood and trying to break into movies, there were so many very, very powerful people in the Church of Scientology that you kind of felt, well, maybe that's the route I, I need to take. I want to be successful, and it seems like all the big, powerful people are involved, so maybe I should get involved. Why not? You know, I mean, you're always looking for a leg up. Um, I had a friend that once she became a series regular on a show, she was actually approached by Scientology um, just to see if she wanted to join. So uh, there used to be some sort of courting process. I, I haven't heard of it happening, you know, now. If this is about five years later. Um, and, and she chose not to join, I mean. But there were some people that thought this is a great way to make some connections. Um, sometimes people are seeking guidance in 
in the business because you know Los Angeles is a crazy town, and, and whether you know they seek out the Catholic Church or whether they seek out Scientology, sometimes people just need a little bit of guidance. And you know, it, it's a it's it's a it's a religion that's I think harder to understand than others um, because it started out as a philosophy. It wasn't given nonprofit status until the 1990s, so it, it's one of those that. Um, because it involves aliens and thetans and xenu, you know, I've tried to understand it. I've tried to do some research on it just for interviews and things like that, and it, it is really pretty baffling. It was always creepy and curious when you see Tom and Katie interviewed as to how they actually met. They could never give a direct answer. You're, you're right. And that was mysterious. The couch-jumping thing was mysterious. Um, <laughs> yes. Weird as hell. Yeah. And Katie went from this cute, bubbly girl to kind of what everyone called her a robot. You know, Katie bot. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Maybe he was drugging her. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Mom. I said maybe. Jeez, Just Louise. a theory. Allegedly. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden she's emerged this summer and she's a strong woman again. <laughs> I, uh, drugs. I have a I have a story I can't tell you who told me, but you can pass the story along, and you, you could probably find out who told me the story. But he's a, he's a pretty big star in Hollywood. He said in one of the movies he was in, no, uh, three four years ago, two three, I don't know, about three years ago, let's say. This young kid comes out from the Midwest, and he's cast in the movie. He gets you know really lucky, and this subject actually came up about the Church of Scientology. And what do you think? I mean, you know, like you said, all the big shots are involved in it. And do you think? And, and my friend just said, ah, you know, it's that's a, pretty much up to you. It's a personal choice. And so he didn't see the kid for about a year. And then all of a sudden ran into him. And he said, what did you ever decide about, uh, about uh, you know, the Church of Scientology? And the kid said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you had talked about, you know, wanting to maybe be a bigger deal in Hollywood and open a few doors by in by joining the Church of Scientology. And the kid said, I thought it was Christ Scientist. Oh. He became <laughs> not oh, a, the wrong thing. He had the okay. wrong religion that he joined. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. It's, it's confusion. So, you know, he's looking for all these big shots at the Christian Science Reading Room. <laughs> 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 no you big... won't find many celebrities there. No. <laughs> and he couldn't. Uh, you know, he can't take Advil anymore. He can't take anything. You know, he gets a headache. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Oh my God! I mean, to join the wrong religion, but... <laughs> in the wrong one, in the wrong town. <laughs> and you've uh, been around actors, so you know that not all of them are all that bright. No, um, some are extremely <laughs> bright when you meet like George Clooney, but then there's others, and you're like, "That is some low wattage." <laughs> Easy for <laughs> Kristen, we have to have you on a lot more. You're very entertaining. I mean, you, you oh, co- thank you. You cover all of Hollywood, don't you? I do. Um, you know, not only Emmys, I do the Oscars, but uh, I also do some Disney Channel uh, coverage. So I'm, I'm always hanging out with you know you know, 16 and 17 year old kids. So I'm very cool right now to my 13 year old niece. Right. Um, and uh, I, I do a lot of musical theater too. So I still have my hand in the whole Broadway community, which is nice because I'm such a geek. It's, it's great. I get picked on all the time because I used back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties, I did a lot of uh, movie trailers. I li- we oh, li- yeah? lived in New York at the time. And, um, Oh, what's the big dance movie that I did the movie trailer for? I can, it was hu- uh, huge. Breaking? No, it wasn't Breaking. Fame. Stomp. No. Saturday Night Fever. A chorus line. That's what it was. Yeah, I did the movie. Tra- I did the movie trailer for a chorus line, and to this day, listeners call up the radio show and go, "Why did you do that movie trailer?" I said, "Because I paid me two thousand dollars." And it was a good movie. You're like, "That was good money." Yeah, it was you know, good. And, and you uh, knew it wasn't a great movie, but it's a great show. So. You know, and it's one that really sort of set the bar for um, dance musicals. It did. But to hear me and going, a chorus line, <laughs> it does sound a little asexual. Let me put it that way. It's good I'm going to pull you. it up on YouTube now and listen. I know. I'm going to look it <laughs> up. It's hard to find it on YouTube. The one that's on all over YouTube is At Close Range, an old Sean Penn and uh, oh, yeah. Christopher Walken movie, in which I, I say, at, at the end, I said, like father, like son. 
like hell. I remember that. <laughs> That's a good line. Cool. You can find that on YouTube. Super that is cool. on, on there. That strikes a chord. Did you ever have an opportunity to meet, uh, was it Don LaFontaine that did all the trailers? Yes, Don did oh, them all. Yeah. Don LaFontaine, he was, fantastic. he was fantastic. He was the one who came up with in a world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything started with in a world. Yeah, he, uh, he is, uh, left us, what, a couple of years ago now already, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Just a couple of years, yeah. He did. I remember I, as a kid watching, there was some 2020 interview with him, and I thought it was so cool being this little kid in Boston, like watching him go in his limo every 15 minutes to do another trailer. I mean, he would book like, you know, 15 in a day or something oh, yeah. crazy. I it was no amazing. I know his nephew. He might be an interesting guest. You know who Don LaFontaine's nephew? Yes. Does he do voice uh, a voiceover? He would like to. Oh, he like, has an interesting voice. He has a little bit of a Minnesota accent, though, which uh, would have to be smoothed out. Yeah, because Don was from up on the Iron Range or something, wasn't he? I believe so. I, I believe he was yeah, from the Iron Range in, in Minnesota. So, Kristen, anything you know that earth-shattering that happens in, in uh, Hollywood, we're going to reach out to you if that's okay. Please do. I, I'm happy to do it. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always breaking news because there's always Lindsay Lohan, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's a go-to. That's right. Oh, and one bit of advice uh, from this end. Have you seen Arbitrage yet with uh, Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon? I have not, and I have heard fantastic things about it. And they said this is another Oscar role for Richard Gere. Richard Gere is tremendous in it. It's a terrible movie, though. <laughs> Is it really? Oh, Most it's Oscar just, bait is. It's Kristen. It's the "Oh, rich people are evil" movie. Oh, we've seen this movie before, haven't we? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> my point, Kristen. We're looking forward to Kristen Burt, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk soon, hopefully. Yes, absolutely. Call me up for Oscar season. We're, well, we'll we're jumping into it soon. We're calling you before that, sister. Thank you. Bye bye. If not, we can have her on for the theology minute. Yes. <laughs> that covered. She did a nice job of that, I thought. I thought so, too. Most definitely. Just swinging entertainment music as she exits. <laughs> yeah, there you go. She was tremendous again. Catherine, you're very good at picking these people. Is your mind over wow. here? Jesus. Got into Alex it. went on a rant. She I should have impressed her it. with my knowledge of Trolls 2. You should have. <laughs> Trolls 2. You impress all of us. What is Trolls 2? Me and Tony were the only ones in the room who oh, know what that is. Oh, my God. What is that? Trolls they're eating two. her, and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, the acting? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what he says. Over dramatic readings of all time. My favorite still is Sandra Bullock. Was in the movie. Oh. What was it called? Network or the the net? The net. The net. Blind the net. side. She literally delivered the line. <laughs> it could happen to me. It could happen to you. <laughs> like, oh my God, was that horrible? Maybe she was mm. bored that day. Yeah. <laughs> and Tony, you were you were on KQ Morning Show at the time when uh-huh. uh, uh, God, who was married to Steven Seagal? That woman. Remember, very Kelly pre- uh, Kelly, Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock. Oh, that's exactly Lord. right. LeBrock. So from the past, she's she was in one of Stevens' movies. I don't remember <laughs> which one it was, but you and I laughed about this when the movie came out. So there's a knock at Steven Seagal's door, and he opens the door, and there's Kelly LeBrock with a totally blank look on her face, just totally blank. So apparently she didn't know they were rolling or something, or couldn't figure out she was in a movie. She goes, <laughs> she goes just like this. So the door opens, blank stare. She realizes she's supposed to say her line, and she goes, Hook, Dean's dead. <laughs> what? It was just, it was just <laughs> terrible. That's how she emoted. That's how she emoted it. And they kept it? Dean's dead. It was like oh, Sophia uh, Coppola. Oh, Coppola. Coppola. Oh, my God. She was oh, bad. Dodd. Oh, yeah. What's well, like Dodd. all the monsters that we've been watching, Dad? Oh, the acting is just terrible. The acting terrible. is so bad. There's a show called Monsters. Uh, it was, uh, who was it? Rick Rubenstein, I think, produced that show. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very cheesy monsters. You guys watch cheesy. it all the time. There was, <laughs> I love it. Yesterday, we watched The Moving Finger. Yes, it was that episode. Finger. And it was out of the drain in a bathroom. And the finger was like... Four feet long. At least. Really, yeah. It was weird. I hear you guys watching that thing. It sounds like a really bad soap <laughs> opera. Do, 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 do. I was like, what do, the do, hell do, are you, do you watching? watch it, Tony? I love cheesy old horror well, movies. You, you, you like this, then it's, it's a super show. Cheesy. It's just half an hour. It's funny. 
22 minutes because we DVR it. Yeah. Buy online by going to the Amazon.com banner at TomBernardPodcast.com. They don't charge you a penny more. A small portion of what they sell through our site helps support the show, and it's what keeps the show free for our listeners. Click and shop today on the Amazon banner at TomBernardPodcast.com. Dot com. I really like these conversations we're having between guests, by the way. Because we're oh, yeah. so funny. We so funny. What time is calling it? our next step? It's guest. about time. Guest? I thought of another line from Flashdance. Oh, Jennifer yeah. Beals, her friend, had this skating audition, and she falls, and basically her <laughs> career and future is ruined. And Jennifer Beals just puts her arm around it, and she goes, it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That's going to be okay. Oh, my God. I love that. I love the sound effects. I love the drops. It all works. The, the music, by the way, I continue. I love the, the movie. The music, I mean. I was like, movie? What movie? I meant the, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know why you're talking about. What a feeling. Hello, Dr. Rossi. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, absolutely. RossiPsychologicalGroup.com is where Dr. Bart Rossi operates. We were saying. Actually, my website is brossi.us if anybody wants to look me up there. Where's that on here, Catherine? I don't know. This is what they sent me. No, oh, they sent they sent well, us a different one. www.rossipsychologicalgroup.com. So, what, what was it? What's the one you prefer uh, to use? Brossi.us. Brossi.us. That's where we yep. when I when I have psychological problems in the middle of the night, I can just call you. <laughs> can he you please? Can call, you can t- you can take a look at my article on a winning personality. It'll straighten me out right away. <laughs> I should I, I should look into getting a winning personality. That's a good idea. <laughs> you it don't might have be too that. late you, for me. It might sure you be, already have that. Well, thank you very much. Dr. Bart Rossi was with us once before, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and glad to have you back because it just seems, you know, it's funny. I think of you pretty much every day now because I get up to do the radio show at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and things happen. We've talked about mass shootings, uh, other things. But every day I look at the newspaper and go, Oh, we should talk to Dr. Rossi about that. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, that, that's what I'm, you know, I've, I've been able to really translate my view, uh, views on psychology into just about uh, every personality and just about every issue. So you're correct on that one. It, it's just an amazing situation. Um, you know, everybody thinks they're, they're an amateur psychologist. I, I'm just as guilty of that as anyone else. But yes, he is. We had a local story, and, and we'll spend very little time on this because there are many more national stories to talk to you about. We have a story of a 10-year-old boy caught on uh, video, caught on CCTV. This is a 10-year-old boy in Red Wing, Minnesota, which is you know a, a small town. Oh, I, it's about, what, 70 miles south yeah. southeast of the Twin Cities? Good guess. They caught this kid. Uh, actually, they re-referenced. They, they, they went back and looked at CCTV because what happened was a woman came into the grocery store, bought some hamburger buns, and went to serve her, her child a hamburger and noticed something sticking out of the bun. It was a pair of scissors. God. And when they went back and looked at CCTV and this 10-year-old boy inserted those scissors into a hamburger bun. What are we yeah. doing to our children, Dr. Rossi? Where is this coming from? <clears throat> well, that's a, that's, a tough, that's a tough question. But, you know, when you have dysfunctional families and you have, you know, uh, more than half of the people or just over half of the people getting divorces and you have uh, people that don't really know how to raise kids or don't put the time and energy in, of course, you're going to get some results. Uh, and then you have people out there that have strange views, um, adults, and kids certainly pick them up and they start acting out in those behaviors. Uh, uh, adults with a lot of strange ideas, uh, peculiar thoughts, and uh, kids do pick up on that. And there, there you have it. What, what's, it goes and it just keeps uh, uh, continuing down a path that um, isn't very pleasant at times. You know, uh, what I always try to figure out in my own mind, and I guess if, if I'm thinking rationally at all, it's not going to work because what, what's the, is it a thrill? Is it power? Why would you want to do this? Uh, do you get a thrill from doing it, a 10-year-old boy? Well, a lot of, a lot of kids really, uh, uh, he might have done this in association with others. You know, we don't know. Usually that's the case when it comes to bullying. We found out that a lot of this is about attention. They feel that they get they get on a power trip, you know, if they bully someone. Maybe here's a kid who thought that you know, he was going to be um, treated a little special or get some attention, even though it might be negative attention, uh, from others by doing something like this. 
or maybe even if he did it on his own, he, he likes being very devious and uh, uh, the type of person who is who will probably grow up to be a rather dangerous individual, someone who we really um, would have to look at as being uh, um, a danger in our society. Now, here's another reason I thought of you this morning. We had a news story this morning out of Florida where a young man said that uh, the state of Florida is backwards because they wouldn't allow him to have sex with a miniature donkey. <laughs> that is backwards. That's a true story. He was upset. He said, you people are totally backwards because uh, 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 because of zoophilia is a real thing and it shouldn't be against the law. It's just you. I'm right and you're wrong. Is he really convinced of that, do you think? I, I'd have to really take a look at, I mean, if, if, he, if this person is serious, I mean, he's not making this just for attention. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about a very disturbed person here, somebody um, that's going beyond simply a personality problem. Now we're going into something uh, psychologists call maybe into uh, some psychotic uh, thinking here. I yeah, mean, he, that's he, so strange, so bizarre. They actually caught him in the act of having sex with a miniature donkey. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Poor Is the donkey, donkey humiliated? Yeah. So, so you're, really, you're really talking about someone with psychotic features. This is, this is going to like beyond personality factors now. You know what I find interesting is I personally just depressed a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for those. Only you, yeah, these, these, are, these are tough questions, yeah. yeah politics yeah. isn't bad enough, Thanks right? a lot, Tom. <laughs> Do you think the, uh, the greatest challenge right now is, is indifference? I mean, that there's so many parents out there that are so preoccupied with the rest of their lives that they're hardly spending any real time with their kids, with TVs off, with all the electronic devices off, where they're literally paying attention to their children while they're growing up. That's a good point. I, I think it is. There's stress. There's, a, there's pressure on, on, on folks. You know, you have families where both parents are working. They're under stress. Um, the kids are growing up in a different environment where, you know, the electronic age is hit and they, they, they actually communicate their emotions with their electronic devices and um, people act in a different way. You know, it, it's a different it's a different society. And you know, there's there's no remedy, really, except for families to get to be more together, for parents to be more discerning, more thoughtful about their kids. And unfortunately, we don't see enough of that. You know, we really see um, the pressures and the difficulties out there. They're, they're becoming more magnified, I think. And that's, that's probably why we're seeing some more very strange kids. And I suppose the larger the world's population, the more goofballs you're going to get anyway, aren't you? Well, I always say, I always say that when it comes to the, to the Guns in America segment that I always do. I mean, if you think about it, we're over 300 million people now, to your point. And, and what about all the people who have not yet been arrested or gone to a psych hospital? But we know that, uh, and you know the types, they maybe live in your neighborhood, that they're very strange, and you certainly wouldn't want them with an automatic weapon. Right. So, so what do you, I mean, how do we account for all of these people who are very strange in their personalities and dangerous, perhaps? I mean, they're out there, and, um, and that's when you get a, a larger population in the country you do have that undercurrent that's not so under anymore it's a significant number of people um there's a theory uh, and they claim it's not a theory that it's a fact uh that two-thirds of the earth's population two-thirds of the people on earth cannot think beyond the level of a 12 year old do you find that to be true i you know i've heard something about that a few years ago when i was doing some some it's because there's really Many many people who are who are not educated around around the world. I think that's probably an accurate figure. I, I would guess that that's an accurate number. So we've got no chance. In other words, <laughs> that is terrifying. Well, I, don't, I don't know about no chance, but I, I think that you know um, we certainly could do a lot to enhance um, education and, and also everybody's learning abilities. You know, we have all these techniques. You know, the electronic age is not all bad. Certainly, you know, we, we right. certainly should be able to step up and take advantage and have folks learn more as well. Can I ask a question about um, the, okay, so if there's more and more crazies because of a bigger population, and I'm sure you don't call them crazies in your profession. Probably not. You crazy. Oh, you so crazy. Personality disturbance. Personality disturbance. Um, Okay, so they get some help, they get some medication, and they seem to be able to function, and then they're out there they're in college and they're like a pill away from you know maybe 
having a mass shooting. It, that kind of scares me that even though we have these drugs now that can control a lot of psychiatric disorders, that if somebody goes off the meds, they're right there with a big population. Well, I think that's a factor. I mean, you do have people that are um, somewhat, um, their behavior is somewhat modified and they, they feel more calmed down. Um, but, you know, medication usually is a, is a way to help people get through a difficult period. It usually is not a, um, a solution to someone who has uh, a thought disorder or serious problems, serious personality issues, conflicts that they develop over time. You know, you, you can't really cure that with meds. So I, I, I see that um, your point is well taken in the sense that there are all these folks out there who are not that far away from acting out impulsively and uh, maybe doing something that is really beyond the pale of reason, just something, something outrageous. And, of course, we see that, again, with the shootings that we've, we've seen across the country you know, in recent years. Right. Is there, any, is there any way that we could get a handle on these people, like a watch? Or is that against their civil liberties? What do you Well, do? I mean, you can't. I mean, I, I, I mean, I do believe in the Second Amendment. I, I just don't. Personally, I, just, I have problems when, when people are able to buy automatic weapons and you know, assault rifles. Right. But I, I, I just think that you can't also do a psychological evaluation for everybody who wants to you know have a um, legitimate weapon to maybe use on the you know, shooting range or something or uh, for hunting you know I, I don't think you can have evaluations of everybody but i think the only way to protect society is to have some kind of limits on um on on weapons that are so dangerous that you know mobs of people can be can be killed uh, I don't. I don't know how you can um, do anything but, but monitor kids who are in college a little better, um, emphasize uh, you know mental health more strongly across the country, not only in, in colleges and high schools, but you know in the workplace. And we see some some things in the workplace that are just really strange, and sometimes we let it go and we shouldn't. And certainly, All Hollywood. That kind of that kind of approach to our society needs to be reinforced. Dr. Rossi, I uh, get to interview. Oh, thousands of people a year on on my radio show, uh, and I we just interviewed a woman last week who survived nine uh, eleven. She was in the building uh, when the first plane hit, and she made it out of the building. She got burned over about eighty percent of her body, uh, but uh, just an incredible story. And uh, we talked about her inner strength, and I said to her, "You're very close to your father, aren't you?" And she said, "Yeah. How'd you know that?" I said, well, your father's a very strong guy. He said, well, yeah, he's a major in the United States Marine Corps. And I said, my personal belief, and I think it's very true, that father-daughter relationships and mother-son relationships are very, very important. And I don't know that we pay that much attention to those relationships any longer. Well, to your point, I think they are very important. They're definitely very important. I I mean, uh, and there would be many ways that we could describe how and why they're important, but uh, without it, I think people don't develop their their own belief system, their own uh, sense of who they are uh, very well, and um, they become uh, individuals who are tentative, not really sure of themselves, and it, it leads to a lot of um, issues, personal issues. So I agree with you 100. percent Those are those are key relationships. And yes. we, yet our our federal government and state governments in the United States, uh, and in the welfare system, insists that the father not be present in the home to collect benefits. I think it was a terrible message that we sent to people uh, who are dependent upon the welfare system. Look, if, if dad's around, you, you can't get any money. So the loss to, to especially young, poor girls is, is horrible. It seems like a backward thought, doesn't it? It certainly does. I've never seen the wisdom of it. Uh, no. If Dad's trying to trying to make a go of it, uh, why shouldn't he be in in the home with his children and his wife and and get right. you know, on the welfare? My family's on on welfare for a short time when I was a child. We couldn't have survived without it, but uh, that was one of the rules that that my father could not be in the house as long as we had uh, we, we collected welfare benefits. Yeah. Well, you're living proof of what you're saying, you know. Yeah, there's no question about. So that's that. why he left. 
<laughs> for years at a time. Yeah. You know, There's the reason. Uh, you know, actually, I, I, it's probably important since we'll, it, it seems we'll be talking quite often, Dr. Rossi, that my father was diagnosed uh, as a schizophrenic and left the house uh, when I was 10 years old to go into an institution. So I have... Uh, I've done a lot of reading about psychology throughout the years. Right. That's, that's dangerous. No, yes. it's very dangerous. Yeah. Oh, going on the Internet is even more dangerous. Any medical. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to do that. But, you know, I, I, you just find that you're wondering yourself when you're 17, 18, 19, all the way up to, you know, oh, 60 years old, <laughs> if it's going to happen to you. Because you watch it happen to, to your father and you wonder, is this going to happen to me? That's always in the back of your mind. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think you always wonder about yourself and what kinds of pressures you can take and which you, you really uh, may not be able to take. We all have to grapple with that, that's for sure. No, what, Do you know why you chose psychology? You know, it's a positive thing. Uh, I, I wasn't sure of, of what I was going to be doing in, in college, what I wanted to major in, and I was genuinely interested in psychology. I, I, I just kind of thought that I, I, I like to get into this area it was fun for me, and then it actually became even more fun because I um, got into personality theory. That's kind of like my area oh, of expertise. Yeah. I, I really looked at all of the great psychologists who, who evaluated traits and characteristics and self-actualization. And uh, actually, just today, I just returned. I was on um, with Chris Jansing on MSNBC today uh -huh. critiquing the personalities of uh, Romney and I was going to get to Obama, both of them, but we actually more focused on Romney and his comments and so forth. And what about his personality in association with these comments and things like that? So that's, that's really, you know, something that I've always liked. I, I kind of, I'm one of those individuals I kind of like, um, you know, the profession I chose and I like being in it. And uh, I've had a lot of fun, as you could probably tell, putting the psychology into the political spectrum on just about every issue and personality yeah i mean what and i don't take up all your time in the in the world yeah. here but uh what what mitt romney said he wasn't lying 47 percent of people don't pay any income taxes uh, i don't think he came out and said well if i'm president i'm not going to represent you he never said that right. so so what he said was the truth and i think he was also very honest in saying it wasn't very elegant the way he, he put it but he didn't lie, and he, he, he didn't disenfranchise anyone. He told the truth. Those people aren't going to vote for him. They're, they just are not going to vote for him. So what was the problem there, do you think? Well, I think that the problem was in how he presented himself. You know, yeah. as I think I said on the last show, at the end of the day, personality, and not likability, but personality and the, the traits and characteristics associated with that, those, those carry the day. They, that trumps everything. And I think that what's happening with Romney and his comments and how he's presenting himself is that he, he looks tentative. He doesn't look like he's consistent. He doesn't look like he's a very good listener. Uh, he, he doesn't have a focus or a centerpiece to his campaign. He doesn't. What is the centerpiece of his campaign? What, what does he really stand for? Right. And what are the specifics that he's going to deliver from his point of view to make a difference? And if he's not going to come, come up and, and say those things, if he's only going to try to run a campaign that's against the other guy, it, it doesn't seem to me that that's a winning personality or a winning campaign. And that's basically what I said. And how, how does the guy get to be as successful as he is without having a, a winning personality? Well, I, I think that, you know, he, he could be a, a good business guy. I mean, he could, he could be a guy that knows balance sheets. He could, he could be a guy that... That, that knows how to how to do a budget. Uh, he, he doesn't have to have a winning personality in the context of a, of a Clinton or a Reagan or uh, anybody like that. But he has to show that he's comfortable with it in his own skin, and and he stands for something. Right. Well, he doesn't lack confidence. It just might be that he hired great people along the way to to run his businesses. Yeah. Yeah, and he may have some good strategies in how to run business, and he may be good in, in, in association with these folks and how to do things. And, and that's, that's actually to my point. If I was asked, I didn't get to this, but if I was asked to, to advise him, I, I mean, obviously I wouldn't say that, you know, as a psychologist, you've got to change your personality. In the next, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, but, but I, what I would say is that you've got to work with what you have, and you've got to be consistent. 
you got to stand up for what you believe in and why you believe in it. And give me some specific, give me some meat and potatoes as far as what it is you're going to do and stand for. And and not an interview like I had with um, David Gregory on the press over the weekend where uh, he was asked questions and he couldn't even come up with one um, tax loophole that he would change. Right. I mean, not one. I mean, what kind of a person goes on national TV without something? No. I mean, that, that actually disturbs me. I mean, I, I, I just don't get that. I mean, I don't think a Huckabee or a McCain, for example, who I followed in 2008, would present themselves like this. I think they would stand up for what they believe in, go with it, and, and do it, win or lose. But uh, Omni doesn't seem to be able to have this, the substance or, as I call it, the right stuff right now in how he's presenting himself. Does he have time left with only seven weeks uh, left before the election? Does he have time to recover from that? Well, I, th- I think there's always time if you really are careful and you and you um, set a message and you chip away at, at what you really believe in and you present it and you're believable, uh, you know, you can make inroads. Uh, you, you, if you're all over the map, it's, it's not going to work. But, you, you know, he, he needs to have a focus on, on his campaign and he needs to... Um, take a look at his personality and, and, and how he's coming across, and, and he needs to come up with specifics so people can vote for him rather than just the fact that he's against somebody else. Yes. And, I, and, and he, he's, I don't think he's gotten there yet. I agree with you 100%. Dr. Bart Rossi, would you shoot me that uh, email address one more time to make sure we, that the other listeners... Sure, it's, it's brossi.us. brossi.us. Catherine, do you have a question? No, I don't. Oh, I thought you did. <laughs> she looked at me like, I, you know, Doctor Rossi, we'll talk again. As I said, I think about you every morning. I, you know, don't don't take that uh, the wrong way. No, I take it <laughs> not, the right way. But not in a know. creepy <laughs> way. You'll take what he can get, right? Not, not in a creepy way. When I have an impact, at least people, you know, are kind of thinking about this because I do think the psychology is part of all of the issues and the personalities. I do. Oh, there is no question about that. We'll speak again very soon. I hope. Take care, folks. I enjoyed it again, Doctor Bart Rossi. A portion of the profits of the Tom Bernard podcast goes directly to Smile Network. The Smile Network is a nonprofit organization that provides life-altering reconstructive surgeries and related health care services to impoverished children and young adults in developing countries. The Smile Network, together we are constructing lives, one bright smiling face at a time. And by the way, the Tom Bernard podcast is giving away $5,000 on October 11th to one of our lucky listeners. We'll give a matching donation to the Smile Network. All you have to do to enter is go to our website, TomBernardPodcast.com. Click on the banner or the Enter Now button. The contest promotes sharing the podcast through Facebook, Twitter, email, and more. We'll contact the winner of $5,000 on October 11th, and you'll be interviewed on the show. The 30-day giveaway of $5,000 at TomBernardPodcast.com. Let's talk more about that, Sean. The contest, how's it going? It's going really well. We're well over 2,000 registrants at this point. People have been great about uh, going in there and signing up and then sharing the podcast. It's incredibly easy to do if you've been in there and, and tried it out. You just, you know, you pop your uh, information there. You can log in via Facebook or you can log in uh, via email. And uh, I'm going to sing, I'm actually going to sing a song about it right now. A contest <laughs> chat music. Exactly. So, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all the different social media sites, and you can quickly share it. And no phone calls, though. No, and you can you can enter as many times as you like. And the other cool thing that we throw into it uh, is that we're going to interview you on the show uh, slightly. Well, we're going to have Dr. Rossi check you out first, and yeah. then yeah. we're going to interview yeah. you on the show. I like that. A profiling, Background sorry. <laughs> I love that. I love the the. I don't want to call them a stable of people, but that's what they are. Stable of people to turn to now. I uh, the growing stable. The growing stable, Doctor Bart Ross. You like farming. I thought Kristen was wonderful. Kristen Burt did a great job. Uh, got great reaction to Frank Wuko. Wonderful yes. reaction to yeah, Ted Sumner. Yeah, people Sumner. want him on again. Yeah, they want Wuko on again. They want Sumner on again too, don't they? Yes. And I will tell you, you want this. Them all on again. Twitter blew up with Diamond Dallas Page yesterday. He called me. Did I tell you that? He said, he said he called you like three times. I know, I and I couldn't get him off the phone. Was he still I'm like, working out? And I'm like, do I have to call you Diamond? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you have to Tom's progress was He said, yeah, so most far. people call me Diamond. Yeah. I'm like, really? How's Tom doing? Has he lost any weight yet? Yeah. I'm, I'm working out right now. My heart rate's up to 146. <laughs> 3,000. Yeah. And I'm cooking breakfast. <laughs> exactly. I am. All at the same time. I actually, to make sure that, you know, everybody knows I was committed to it, I talked about com- uh, committing to being on the DDP yoga program and the fact that uh, Diamond Dallas Page has been very 
very upfront and personal. And one thing I learned on Twitter uh, and Facebook both is that he's not lying. When when you commit to doing this program and you you do a great job, he contacts you personally. Yeah, I saw that too. To mm-hmm. say thank you so much, you did a great job, and I just want to encourage you. He, I'm so glad you brought it up again because I thought you know you just ignore it after Don't you love that empowerment after yeah, 27 <laughs> years of marriage? That well, he hadn't said anything. Faith, I thought he'd faith. say something in the beginning, but he even we took his pictures. He did a little bio oh, for the whole online. Did my measurements. Catherine, it's not how many times you fall t- fall down. It's how many times you get back up. Yeah. What kind of poses did you throw down? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had to go with the frontal view, then you do a yeah. profile. the side view. Ooh. Then you had to do the bent over side try to, view. Yeah, try <laughs> to touch your toes. Then you did the catcher's position, like you're catching in a Major League Baseball game. You are. The right? one that I was you really... sit down and then try to you know, sit down and put your legs out and try to touch your toes. Right. And the one that Andy and Alex's generation would refer to as the epic fail was I was supposed to take my left leg, raise it up in the air, and then grab it with my left hand. Your toe, your foot. If I could do my that, foot. I wouldn't leave the house. I, honest to God, got it about, what, a foot and a half off the ground? Yeah, actually, I you did much better than I thought you were going to do with that one because that's Again, a tough. That's the, a tough thing. The positive thing. affirmation that's, no, you get from that's a really hard I thing to do. You could do that. Stand on one leg <laughs> and hold you your other one up in the air. No, that's a hard thing. I want Dr. Rossi just to break down how this marriage has been so successful over <laughs> yeah. 27 years with the, the awesome. incredible undying faith and belief yeah. Catherine has. Well, in you. you know, it's not like I haven't been down this road a couple of I times. Know you have. Sorry, uh, settle. Just no. All right, let's go have lunch. <laughs> You're going to miss us while we're gone. You know what I'm getting today is I, I'm getting a a gluten free pizza with spinach. Boy, not a barn burner. For and then me. what are you going to eat after that? Well, yeah, well, yeah. The, no, technically you don't have to do that right away. All he wants you to do is kind of just do his little workout video. Well, I want to thirty-four have, minutes. I want to have lunch. So. Catherine, yeah, but, you, I mean, you don't have to do the gluten free thing immediately. Catherine, that's down the road. You've known him a very long time, and we're a little bit alike in this way. When we go in on these things, we go all in. So that's why he's doing gluten-free. Get the thing going. Let's start Well, that's it. why I want you and to I actually see follow the program so that it actually know, is successful instead right, of so being a crazy person. If I could ask the listeners <laughs> to the Tom Bernard podcast, if you could go to <laughs> at Radio Tom Bernard on Twitter or Tom Bernard Radio on Facebook, uh, I've already gotten postings of several people that said their friends, they've had a friend that's that's done the program one a woman told me she had a friend who lost 150 pounds on the program. Nobody had anything negative to say about yeah, the program at all. Not at all. So if you have tips on, because uh, this gluten-free, dairy-free thing is is kind of interesting. So I don't know what I can and cannot eat. So if you have any tips for me, please do go to at Radio Tom Bernard on Twitter and Tom Bernard Radio on Facebook. Give me a few tips. Me, I, I was and by the way, very very nice of all of you to go on Twitter and Facebook and say, "Go Tom." They're cheering me on, unlike my wife. I was going to say, because mom doesn't. So. Oh, my yeah. God. Others, you're all They're not teasing crazy. you with pastries. <laughs> so, Tony, one of these days at the beginning and of the cheese. show, since you're not sitting to my direct left, I'll remember to uh, put you in the in the intro. It's just it's so okay. weird that you just... Uh, I think we got to take the Louis, the Louis uh, deal mm-hmm. over there, and Tony's much thinner there than that than that yeah, was particular shirt. Than that particular but I think we got to put a picture of Tony yeah, on that Yeah, we do. Thing. We, we need a little photo the of A cardboard Tony. cutout. So we can remember your What are you going to do when we're one. not here? About what? We're, are we going to be taken out of the introduction? <laughs> no, you're not going to be taken out of the introduction. <laughs> well, Alex is worried she won't get credit. I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want I'm you to visit Avid Leibitz. You know what we'll do in your in your memory while you're in Iceland? We'll do this a few times. Yeah, do that. Yeah, we'll touch Make the mic. Because sure yeah, you're, you're like the entire show. We hear the... I know. She loves to touch Because even if you touch the earpiece, it t- it affects the microphone. Which yeah, you don't, it I don't does. think you realize. It's the ADD yeah. that runs in the family. So I'll do that Both in your sides. honor. Good. I hope Both you sides. do. Do they? Do people know that we're going to be gone? One guy named Larry does, but that's it. <laughs> it's we, probably uh, good to inform people Larry when we're just Twitter. gone one day. I like, told them on oh. the radio. Well, what also, if they don't listen to We're telling people right now. Yeah, 40% are... Not in Minnesota. So. Oh, do you know, so we've almost cracked that 40% figure nationally. Crack. Well, there you go. We've, we've gotten closer right, and closer. <laughs> yeah, See, these people don't know. send out postcards. Yes, to 41. So thank you to all you people who are listening all across the nation and telling your friends to listen. We really appreciate I it. I love you. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> there you, you have it. And our one listener in Iraq. 
We have one listener in Iraq. Yep. Ooh. Only one soldier listens in Iraq. Left, you, are. you never leave a man behind. There's just one guy. That's surprising, yeah. I would think, with the soldiers. I know. That does surprise me. That only We only have one uh, listener in Iraq with all the soldiers over there. Although the Minnesotans just got back uh, like two weeks ago. He they had their diverticulosis. They did. Wow. That was for I know someone that's going to Afghanistan in November. Well, I'll see. Well, tell him know. to spread the news throughout the Middle East, please. I will Especially tell to the uh, to Al Qaeda. Is like it a lot of Al Qaeda? Shout listening. it from the dunes. <laughs> yeah. And in closing, I want to say that you know I I don't know I'm not the most religious guy. I don't believe in fate and luck and all that stuff. Yes, you do. But I just found it very very funny that some dumb bastard in Pakistan <laughs> choked to death on the smoke coming from a burning U.S. flag that he lit on fire. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? He started a U.S. flag on fire, and the smoke killed him. The payback. (laughs) Boom, in your face. Oh, my word. Tony, any any closing words? After you finish up with the DDP, I think you move on to Scientology. (laughs) No, I'm going to go to Christian Science reading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You might have a baby by the time we get home. Nice job. (laughs) All right. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast. Follow Tom on Twitter at Radio Tom Bernard and visit TomBernardPodcast.com. And thanks for stopping by.